0: As a disciple of Jesus, I am so grateful for all the ways that God shows his love for us. And today is one of those days in this reading that we have just heard. The first Sunday of every Lent, the readings take us to these temptations of Jesus in the desert. And I am so grateful for these lessons on temptation that the Lord offers us now and throughout the year. Because temptation is a daily human experience. It is so much a part of our life even though there are many people who are unaware, unaware of various temptations that come to them. Like you, I so appreciate how the scriptures fill in those parts of reality that are missing in the secular narrative. You will not hear about this from secular sources. What is to explain the evil that is in our world? What is to fully explain your experience and mine of struggling to make the right choice? And in our deepest honesty, we find ourselves continually Even though we know what is right, we know what is good, we know what is best, and yet we find ourselves doing the very opposite. We choose the wrong thing, and we compromise our conscience, our moral convictions, and the truth. What is to explain this? Here's where the Bible fills in the reality. Part of it is because I'm fallen. My inclination to sin was not taken away from baptism. Secondly, insofar as the world is unconverted to God, the world becomes a source of temptation. It can seduce me in various ways. But today... The scriptures reveal another source of this struggle. We are tempted. And God tells us this so that we will be prepared, so that we will not be overcome when this experience happens. And I love how Jesus, he always goes ahead of us He's our big brother. He's our Savior King. He wants to lead us to victory. And just as he took on our human nature to experience death, to conquer it, so he took on our human nature to experience our temptations in order that we together with him, will always be victorious. What is temptation? What is it? There's a definition that Pope Benedict gave several years ago that I think is a very helpful, simple way to understand all temptation. Here's what he says. The germ of all temptation is setting God aside. So that God becomes a secondary concern when compared with all the other urgent priorities of our lives. Very simply, God takes second place. And we, each of us, have experienced this at different times where God can move easily to the periphery of our life, where in some cases, some people's lives, God is nothing more than an afterthought. God gets the crumbs that are left over and maybe sometimes barely that. And so it's the work of Satan to tempt us, by various ways, to lower the standard, to water down the Gospel, to move our hearts and our lives to become obsessed and concerned with lower and base things, such that things like the Mass take a lower priority, we, we drag our feet when it comes to going to confession. And we keep putting off prayer. We just keep putting it off. Because God, when he is not in the first place, these other things quickly dominate. And for the details of these temptations, which are not found in Mark's gospel, they're found in Matthew and Luke, we see that there's basically... Three areas that are competing for this first place in our hearts. The first area is when our egos dominate our life and take over. When it becomes about pride and therefore about vanity, about appearance, about power, control, self-reliance impressing others, making our mark in the world, we become God in those situations. And the other area, and we all know this well, is in the area of pleasure. These wonderful gifts from God that are good in themselves, that are various sources of delight and pleasure, we know that we can love them way too much where they can consume our hearts and we become enslaved. And that part of our heart that should be given to God can be pushed out and these become the primary concern of our life. And the last area, and again we all know this, Scripture says the root of all evil is greed. When greed starts to take over, now it's this over-concern about money, about how much I have, how I can get some more. It's about things and material objects. And in our country, this obsession about what is the next thing I'm going to buy, and it's often many things that we don't even need. Let's be honest. We're obsessed way too much with our comfort and with the ease of life. Heck, I got clothes and shoes in my closet that belong to the poor. I'm not using them. We have way too much. And this can crowd God out of that first and central place in our life. This is why you and I will always need the desert that Lent creates for us. This is why Jesus enters the desert. And in Lent, he invites us to go with him to that place where we can allow God to simplify our life. It can be experienced as a kind of stripping down A a clarity on what is the most important. What is the priority? And it's a place where you and I can rediscover that our relationship with God is the greatest treasure and gift of our life. And therefore, we can, through these spiritual weapons, that Jesus teaches us through prayer, we can keep the ego in its rightful place and allow our relationship with God to remain first. Because when I pray, I have to humble myself and admit that I'm not in control and accept God as the Lord of my life and of everything in it the spiritual weapon of fasting. Boy, I don't know about you, but I need that one because these pleasures, like I said, that God gives us that are good in themselves, boy, we can easily become attached, so quickly become addicted and they can overtake our life. I learned a beautiful insight that I think you would also appreciate from uh, Scott Hahn, a wonderful scripture scholar, he talked about why the Israelites, when they left Egypt to go through the wilderness to the promised land, they were to take some of the animals from Egypt with them. And they were to take them out in the desert and do what? Sacrifice them. And the reason for that, Dr. Hahn says, is because like so many times throughout the Bible, like so many times in our life, these false gods of other nations, the false gods of the world, we can fall into worshiping them ourselves. We can lose all sense of the gift of our covenant relationship with God, and we give our heart to other things. And so they would take out these animals in the desert and sacrifice them to give God back that part of their heart that is, belongs to God that was before enslaved to the false idols and false gods of Egypt. A good example Some of you might be giving up some time on social media this Lent. Boy, there's the new pacifier in our day. There's some people that can't spend five seconds away from their phones. But maybe some of you have realized that this is taking up way too much time in your life. It's consuming that place in your heart that you want to give more to God. You're realizing that this social media is crowding out time for prayer. It's crowding out space that we could spend doing better things like spiritual reading or reading scripture. Maybe you're noticing that this social media is even affecting some of your relationships. It's diminishing and weakening relationships with your family and others. So you've decided to give some time up during Lent. You're sacrificing it in this Lenten desert so that that part of your heart, which was way too consumed with that, you are giving that part of your heart back to God. And that's just one example. This is why we give things up so that God can take again the rightful place of first and everything else second. I asked the Lord once, Lord, why do you allow temptation? He said, so that you will choose me freely again and again and again. It's like a married person who sees another beautiful man or woman. It gives them a chance to re-choose their spouse. Whenever I'm tempted in the same way, it gives me a chance to choose my vocation again and again and again. This is why God allows temptation, so that you and I will choose him freely with the grace he gives us to keep him first and center. This is why we take up these spiritual weapons of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And I need them just as much as you do. So are you ready to have a great Lent? I am. Let's really give our hearts to this. And the grace that God gives us in the Eucharist, let us allow Him to strengthen us. And let us remember Jesus is the focus of this Lent. He's the source of the strength we need and he's the one for whom we are doing all these practices during this time. Amen.